0: Welcome to the practical growth podcast. I'm your host, E.B. Johnson, top writer on medium.com, published author and master practitioner of neuro linguistic programming. You've landed on the podcast that takes you on a journey into the heart of relationships and self discovery. This is a must listen for those who are ready to overcome their toxic relationships and their toxic patterns. You can expect real talk, practical guidance, and raw and relatable guests that you'll be talking about for weeks. Let's get into it. Welcome back to season two, episode four of the Practical Growth Podcast. We have been on a little hiatus, um, but we are back and we are ready to go with a topic that you are absolutely going to love. Now, this is one that I've been exploring a lot with my followers on TikTok. A couple weeks ago, I posted a video about this narcissistic parenting trait that never gets talked about. And it went through the roof. Thousands and thousands and thousands of you responded with your stories, which were just like mine. And I knew that it was really super important that we cover it today. And that's what we're going to do. Before we jump into this super tricky trait, however, I just want to give you a massive thank you, a huge thanks to everyone who has applied for my coaching program over the last couple of weeks, you guys have blown the doors off the thing. Um, so now we are on to the waiting list. So if you're interested in working with me, I do offer uh, an eight-week private NLP coaching program, which is set all around recovering from narcissistic abuse and rebuilding a future in which you are control, safe, and secure. If you're ready to make intense, Focus change in your life if you're ready to improve the way you feel. Learn how to regulate your nervous system and become the you know controller, the manifestor of your own future. Then you need to apply for this program. The waitlist will not be open forever. If you want to apply for that, head to therealebjohnson.com. Click on Working with Me, and you can find the application there. Again, that is therealebjohnson.com/slash Working with Me. Right, the narcissistic parenting trait. That I personally have never seen covered specifically under the umbrella of the narcissistic parent. This is a super tricky trait that so many of us have experienced, and our narcissistic parents will have hidden it from us under so many layers of excuses that some of you will not even realize that it happened to you until I say it out loud. Are you ready? Medical and psychological neglect and trauma. That's right. Medical and psychological neglect and trauma. This is when a parent refuses their child medical care, right? They refuse to take you to a doctor or they refuse to take you to a therapist or a psychologist. And they might also force a lot of medical treatment on you, even treatment that's unnecessary, or they may only give you medical treatment that serves their ego, because that's what it's all about with a narcissistic parent. It's all about their ego. That is the core of what a narcissistic parent is, right? They're a super, super, super insecure person that fundamentally hates themselves. And so they make the choice to become a parent because they see that child as an extension of themselves, an accessory that exists solely to provide them with the things they expect it to provide them So first, that's love, right? They expect their children to love them no matter what, no matter how terrible they treat them. They expect them to obey, and then they expect them to perform in whatever way makes them look best. And that is also where medical treatment, medical trauma, medical neglect, psychological neglect comes in with the narcissistic parents as well. So in the case of my mother... Um, she opted as a covert narcissist for selective medical care. She would only get me medical care that made her look like a really, really good, proactive, um, cutting edge, modern mother. That's what really, really was important to her. Where some of you might have had parents who denied you medical care completely, or they might have denied you psychological care completely, or they might have only given you, like superficial care, maybe they only took you to a dermatologist. My mother was a bit broader than that, which made it really, really tricky to see the kind of medical trauma and medical neglect that was going on. So my mother was happy to take me to the doctor for any little thing, right? We had good insurance. It cost her copays, but in general, she was happy to take me to the doctor for any little cough, any little flu, any little illness that I had. She would show up at the doctor and and immediately get involved in the conversation. And she would make it seem as though she really, really cared that I was sick, that she had a lot of empathy for me being sick and that she was there because she just couldn't stand to see her poor daughter flushed and ill and unable to breathe. But that's not what was really going on, because the core issues behind why I was ill were not being addressed. Right. I lived in a house that was filled with animal feces Um, It was cluttered. It was filled with dust and rat waste and urine. Um, It was just not far off of the houses that you see on the program Hoarders. Unsurprisingly, this contributed to a lot of my immune system problems. And that was actually pointed out to my mother more than once, um, especially when she was finally advised to take me to an allergy doctor, which she was happy to do. She was happy to show up and look nice and go to the specialist's office with her perfume on and her necklace. And we had to drive an hour to get there. But when the specialist told her that I was ill because of all the animal dander that was packed into the house from her eight cats and eight dogs and her 14 birds or whatever was happening in the house at that moment, um, she basically was like, yeah, he's, he's a charlatan. Give her some Allegra and let's move on. There was no consideration for my actual illness. And the only treatments that she really provided were the ones that she couldn't avoid or the ones that allowed her to project herself as a great, great mother. But there was always a flip side to that, right? There was always a layer. It wasn't just about making herself look like a proactive mother. It was also about guilting and shaming me in order to control me, in order to tear me down and keep me helpless and below her. And it was also being able to project that guilt and shame to the people around her to get the pity that she needed as her narcissistic supply as a covert narcissist. And I'll, I'll explain that. So when it came to me, Immediately, as soon as we left the doctor's office, I was immediately guilt tripped for any copays that had to be paid, especially if I had been sick and within a recent time window, I was guilted about any medications. Anytime we got into a fight that was immediately thrown into my face. Well, I've paid $50 in copays for you and I paid for this amoxicillin and I and I and I and you're terrible. Right. That was always the message. And that started just as young as eight years old. That started. Until the day she died, my mother threw it in my face that she took me to the doctor all the time, and she would still hound me, even as an adult, to go and do superficial doctor's things that, again, made her look like she was a really proactive mother who was trying to get me to take care of myself, but I was just this stubborn child who just wasn't doing the right things. The even bigger kick that she got... However, was being able to use that same like guilt and shame and all of that on other people. And she would even do it in front of me. She would bitch and complain to her friends about how much money she spent on me and how I was sick all the time and how she was she was also sick. But she couldn't take care of herself because she always had to take me and cart me off to all these expensive doctor's appointments with all these specialists that just couldn't figure out what was going on with my immune system. And it was all because I was living in a sewer I was living in a sewer. Every time you flushed the toilet in my house, sewage would flood the bathroom into the hall, which was carpeted with 30-year-old carpet. I had to wear boots to walk to my room because I had to sludge through sewage to get to my bedroom. Every day, multiple times a day. But she wasn't going to address that. She wasn't going to address that. What she was going to do instead was complain to all of her friends about what an ill child I was and what a burden I was on her and what a drain I was and how she wasn't able to provide a good life for herself because she was constantly having to take care of me, the child that she selectively brought into her life. And what's terrible about this is my story is not even that bad. For those who are here from TikTok, you are absolutely 100% aware of the video that I did on this a couple of weeks ago and the overwhelming amount of responses that I got there. And so many of them were just outright medical neglect. Parents who refused to help their children, to get them care, to do what they needed to do. You guys told stories of broken bones You told stories of crazy infections that were spotted by teachers weeks or months later and reported to CPS, and that's the first and only time you got medical care. Absolutely horrendous stories. And that's fundamental to all narcissistic parents, I find. Even if there's selective medical care provided, there is still a neglect There is still a fundamental neglect, right? And you can even go back to my mom's story. Yeah, she provided that medical care. um, But what I really needed more than anything was to be in therapy from the time I was about three years old. Because she knew that I had been, trigger warning, sexually abused at this point multiple times. And she knew I was living in an emotionally abusive household with mentally ill people. And I even started begging around the age of 10 to 12 years old to be taken to therapy, but I was denied that. I was denied that care. And I was denied that care. I was medically neglected, psychologically neglected, because A, I would have outed her, but B, it was just an inconvenience that she didn't want to deal with. That to her was not valuable. My mental and emotional health was not valuable to her. And when a narcissistic parent doesn't see value in something, for them, they are not going to do it. And that is why thousands of you, Thousands, literally thousands of you. The last time I looked at that video, it had 3,000 comments, which were primarily stories of people detailing insane <laughs> medical neglect because their parents did not see value in them not being in pain, not suffering. So, why would a narcissistic parent do that? Why would a parent do that? Why would they do that? Well, for the narcissistic parent, the first primary reason is ego. They're only going to supply care, which aligns with the projection that they are trying to project. So if your narcissistic parent is someone who's really trying to project the image of a proactive and like super mom through toxic enmeshment, then yeah, she's going to show up and take you to the local doctor whenever you're running a fever or you catch swine flu because that one's pretty obvious and allows her to, you know, swan about and parade what a good mom she is. It's important to remember though that even though our narcissistic parents hurt us from this place of ego, right, this desire to project this image, that projection doesn't come from an actual sense of arrogance, even if that's what happens on a, on the top surface, right? The superficial level. Fundamentally, what it comes down to is they are so insecure about who they are as a person that they have to project this image, right? They have to. Otherwise, their ego is destroyed. And that's the core of who they are as a narcissistic parent. So that's why our medical care becomes selective or it gets dropped at all, it all comes back to that insecure, superficial ego that they're so beholden to that they are continually trying to outwardly, externally validate. And that's what leads a lot of them into enmeshment, which is another reason. And this is especially applies to anyone like me who had a parent that gave them selective medical or mental and emotional treatment, right? Right. The enmeshed family, the enmeshed toxic family is the one that's usually the hardest to see. So a lot of us, when we step away from our super abusive, super toxic families, we're like, how did I not see that? How did I not know? Well, it's toxic enmeshment, which involves a couple of different layers. So one, it involves parents or people on top of the power structure who project themselves as being highly involved, highly attuned Highly bonded and deeply emotionally connected to their children or their family. But then on the next level, that also requires behind closed doors a total dissolution of boundaries. There is no privacy in this family. No one is allowed to be an individual or think as they want to think. What really happens in this family is that whoever is on top of the power structure controls all thought all behavior. And anyone that steps outside of that is going to be punished. But instead of acknowledging that that's what's happening, it's all just projected again, right? It's this kind of like gaslighting behavior where you're told, well, no, we're not dissolving your boundaries. We just really care about you. And we really want what's best for you. And we fundamentally know what that is, no matter what. And you are not to question it. You are just to follow it and go along. You see how that's not like really caring, supportive and affectionate family behavior or mentality. It's just authoritarianism. So that kind of toxic enmeshment again is going to come along with your medical and mental care. So your parents, will yeah, they'll they'll you know have a little account with the family doctor, and they're all happy to run you down there once a week when you scrape your knee or uh, you have a cough. And yeah, they'll they'll get you the cough medicine. Sure, that's great. You're a really lucky kid, right? But then you're also just getting mentally and emotionally battered and guilt tripped and punished for that nonstop, 24-7 behind closed doors. So you don't even know what's right and what's wrong. The last reason that parents, narcissistic parents would get into this kind of behavior is simply because it allows them to control people in the family. It allows them to play those blame games to punish people, and also to get that attention from the world around them. So you can just go back to my mom. It's, you know, it's really attractive to her to have a sick kid that she can talk about how sick I am and then get that sympathy or that pity from others. That was her narcissistic supply as someone, as a covert narcissist, as someone who used victimhood as her honeypot. But here is why I'm talking about this, and here is why we have to Stand up, voice what has happened to us and call these behaviors what they are, because I'm telling you right now, they're still happening. They are still happening. They're probably still happening in your family. They're probably still happening in my family, still happening everywhere. And what happens when these narcissistic parents go into selective medical treatment or they refuse us medical treatment is one. They create kids that are chronically ill. They create children that are chronically ill. Uh, One of my mother's big kicks was making herself look like this kind of proactive feminist. So as soon as I got my first cramp, she just went to the doctor down the road in our little podunk county, who probably hadn't been to medical school in 30 years, and uh, put me on birth control. Put me on birth control, which that, coupled with all the trauma... And an immune system, which is absolutely clobbered by my living conditions and, again, my trauma. I'm now living with a chronic pain medical condition, which just gets worse and worse uh, and has completely debilitated my quality of life. Endometriosis, for those that don't know. Uh, and that I'm lucky. I'm lucky because there are so many people. Again, you can go and watch that video on TikTok about the narcissistic trait that no one talks about. And you will see stories way worse than mine with people who are now living in chronic nerve pain from nerve damage that was inflicted on broken bones that were never treated, um, beatings that were covered up, you name it. All kinds of medical neglect and medical trauma. And, you know, that little slip up and a parent who doesn't know how to emotionally control themselves or a parent who just doesn't care about their kid, it dooms us to an entire lifetime of living in pain, of living in hardship without resources. And what do you think happens to someone like that who then has children? They perpetuate trauma. Number two, adult children that were raised amidst medical neglect or medical trauma, they often grow up to be people who neglect their own needs. They don't seek out medical care ever. And they end up even more sick, even more sick, with lives that are even more challenging, even more difficult, A, because they don't think they're deserving of care, or B, they just don't know how to go about getting it. You can also end up with kids who are hypochondriacs. Um, this is something that I kind of think about sometimes because my mother was so willing to get medical care for little superficial things. And I'm always like, oh gosh, should, is that, should I go and look at that? Is that, I have a real medical anxiety. I have a real medical anxiety. And for some people, that can work all the way up into hypochondriac type of behavior. It is also not uncommon to see people who then get themselves onto a self-sacrifice platform, right? You'll see the children who grew up with medical neglect or medical trauma. They will basically end up perpetuating their parents cycles by sacrificing themselves and getting everyone else treatment in their family. So maybe they are really proactive with their kids and they get their kids a lot of medical treatment, but then they just end up kind of throwing it up in everyone's face as self-sacrifice. And then they end up just repeating the patterns, repeating the loops of their narcissistic parent. Last but not least, you also get children who learn how to resent their family, and resent trusted, close loved ones. Because really, let's think about, you grow up and realize that your parents did not take care of you the way they were supposed to take care of you. What is that going to do to your trust issues with everyone else around you in your life? You come to think that you're the only one who gives a shit about how you feel, how you live, and you start to think that you're the only person that you're safe with. Because of all the neglect, the abandonment, the actual outright trauma that happens through the medical systems, through the psychiatric systems, whatever. Through the neglect, however it happens. Basically, as a kid, from being battered around like this, you learn that you just can't trust anybody but yourself. Sound familiar? Well, if so, it may just be another piece of the puzzle to narcissistic parents. This does not mean, you know, this one experience or this one symptom does not mean that you necessarily had a narcissistic parent but i can tell you right now as someone that 100 had a narcissistic parent who was in their lives for more than two decades that this is absolutely a consistent trait that you see over and over and over again so look back at your childhood history and consider how you were treated medically yes but then also how are you treated emotionally how are you treated mentally when bad things happen, were you taken to someone who knew how to talk to you, who knew how to make sure your brain and your emotions were okay? Or were you just to kind of shut up and get over it? Yeah, not the best option. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has been an informative episode. It's definitely opened my eyes. Thank you to all my new TikTok followers who have... Um, who helped me put this episode together? Your stories are absolutely incredible, and I hope to share some more of them very soon in an upcoming episode. If you liked the episode, um, I would love it if you could leave me a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do that, if you leave a review for me and then you take a screenshot, I'll give you a free ebook, right? It's all you gotta do, just take a screenshot of your five star review. Um, You can email it to me, admin at therealebjohnson.com, and I'll send you a free ebook. It really is that simple. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for following. And thank you so much to all my new TikTok followers. We will be back next week with an episode. And I really can't wait. We've got some cool guests coming up this season for you. So until next time, be good. Keep your heads up and keep moving. Bye-bye.